Hello, everybody, and welcome to my niche podcast about the one thing I know something about. Game shows, I suppose. I'm your host, Jordan Haas, and we have a fun episode today. On Sunday, a lot of people watch the big game, and you know, in my mind, when someone says the big game, I go, is there a Price is Right episode on? Haha, <laughs> just a bit of self-deprecating humor that I heard makes all of these podcasts so fun and interesting to listen to. But really, though, uh, we have a good episode today. Uh, Franklin from Pillow Talk is going to jump in to talk about I love money. Who doesn't love money? It makes the world go round. But uh, speaking of the big game, uh, after the the Super Bowl, there was a debut of a brand new talent competition slash game show called The World's Best, hosted by one James Corden, James Corden of Carpool Karaoke fame and nothing else because they seem to really just want us to know the Carpool Karaoke bit. That's it, just the Carpool Karaoke, which I believe was just something that aired on BBC Radio originally, and then he kind of took it over here, but sure, 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 I I could see that. Um, So here essentially is the rules of the world's best. It's a quick deep dive. Uh, There's a talent person, and then there's three judges, RuPaul, Faith Hill, and Drew Barrymore. And they get to rate a act out of 50 points. And then there is the wall of the world where there are 50 other judges, 5-0, each with their own button to press to give the other 50 points too. And if they get more than 80, then they get to go on to the next round. Yay. The appeal is supposed to be how there's so many people from all over the world doing their talents to win the $1 million prize. But I do not really enjoy this show. I found it to be very dull and boring and a lot of sob stories to the point of it's like, it's not really a talent show as it is just a, let's feel sorry for the contestant and hope that the people move on to the next round, even though only one person gets the million dollar prize at the end, like America's Got Talent. In addition, even though it's called the world's best, the 50 judges from around the world or have less power than the American judges. So it's not really a global show. It's a 50-50 with the American judges. I mean, unless it's a heavy rotation where then the three judges from a different country then sit in that position and then they move on to like the other chair in, in other countries, it's not really a global reality show. Uh, what I would have liked better was if they just had 50 judges from all over the world, and that included America. And then you had like five or six international hosts so they can do their own takes on the talent competition uh, for their respective countries. So someone from Asia has the Asian uh, host. Someone from Africa has the African host. South American have the South Af- American host. Things like that. It, and the the scale does not make sense. And the judges kind of the focus is all on RuPaul, Drew Barrymore, and Faith Hill. It's not so much any of the other judges, even though they have one say every so often, like a one versus 100 contestant, to which I will say that this show is deeply, deeply disappointing. The talents are good. Don't get me wrong. The talents are good, but the format sucks. It's a really bad 
show in regards to the scoring system of the talents i would rather just have 100 judges and a thumbs up thumbs down to determine if they should move on i mean it's doable there was like the sing-off uh that had something similar to that so it is doable but for the world's best not so much i think they should take cues from ultimate beastmaster if they're going to do a global based reality show multiple hosts so they and multiple different angles of every judge so that way uh if you can record the same season and then send it out to each respective country for their own localization but that would take too long and that would not make any sense because distribution and format wise and how much money to distribute it all that would make no sense Second, uh, I reported recently about a brand new show on NBC called Bring the Funny. Uh, there was a report that came in on the first, and they ex- and they explained uh, essentially the, the show more, and I'm going to read a bit of the press release real quick. The 10-episode series will bring together some of the most prolific comedians in the industry to serve as judges. Saturday Night Live's longest-running cast member Kenan Thompson, cultural tastemaker Christy Teigen, and comedy icon Jeff Foxworthy. Comedian Amanda Seals will serve as host in the competition. In partnership with the international organization Just for Laughs, which has given rise to today's most successful comedic acts via its iconic festivals, tours, and television series, Bring the Funny will feature the best of the best stand-ups, sketch troops, and comedic variety acts, from solo comics to sketch troops to musicians, magicians, podcasters, puppeteers, YouTubers, and more. Anyone who can make audiences laugh will have the chance to receive the career-changing quarter-million-dollar prize package and see their name in lights in the Bring the Funny Showcase. Uh, all right. Um, so it's last comic standing, but uh, essentially it's with, with, with sketch comedy acts. So basically, if you're a UCB person, I guess, here's your chance to actually be on a reality show and be funny. Uh The series is looking for an incredibly diverse slate of acts across all ages and walks of life. For those interested in competing on Bring the Funny, please visit www.bringthefunnycasting.com. Must be age 13 or older, eligibility requirement applies. So congratulations, Twitch streamer who says uh, racial slurs. You're going to probably be a contestant on this show and probably win the appearance of being a a guest host on Saturday Night Live or something because it's NBC. I, 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 I have to see how this show works. Uh, when it comes to a talent show involving comedy, I'm a little skeptical because I, I think much like a music show, uh, a lot of this stuff is very subjective of what is and isn't funny. Uh, for instance, some people think that you know Ben Shapiro is funny, but he's a god awful piece of shit. Other people think Joe Rogan is funny, but he's more now a podcaster than he is a joke teller. Is Mark Marin funny? Is Louis C.K. funny? Is um, do people think Pod Save America actually is hilarious? I do not know, but it's very subjective of what is and isn't hilarious. So when it comes to a comedy show, I mean, people come to laugh. Laughing is important, but it's really tough to be a good comedian because it's the way you tell the joke. The way you set up the joke, the punchline of the joke, the storytelling aspect of the joke. If it's acting, is when's the beats? When is the moment that's funny really funny? Is it the moment it hits? Is it the line you say? How do you say that line? 
These are various things that must be addressed. And I'm going to take a stab in the dark and say none of those things will matter. It's really going to be the person with the best sob story and the person that makes people laugh the most because of how depressed they are, which is most comedians. Most of these people who are doing writing right now and telling jokes right now, they're sad sacks of shit, and they use comedy as a vessel to uh, basically vent out their frustration, to vent out their depression, to make light of something that's tragic that's in their lives or in someone else's so that others can feel good. And I don't think that's going to matter. It's going to be who does the best whoop whoop face. Who is the best person willing to uh, do a great me- to mediocre impression of Steve Harvey because Kenan Thompson is there? Who can impress Christy Teigen the most? Because when I think who is the funniest person around, I think Christy Teigen because, you know, she's on Lip Sync Battle and married to John Legend. It makes no sense to me. The, the, the only one I could safely say does, does have, like, the right is Jeff Foxworthy, because Jeff Foxworthy has had a sitcom. He has hosted game shows. He is a stand-up comedian. He is an all-around funny guy. He has his own audience. So subjectively, he can probably be a good judge of what is and isn't funny. Keenan, he's good on acting. I go for him for acting ideas and comedy skills because he's done sketch comedy for so long. But Christy Teigen, for what? She's not a stand-up. She's not an actress. She's not a writer. I'm sure she probably does blogs and vlogs and, and Instagram videos all the time with funny, witty captions. Is that what the modern day of comedy is? If so, sign me up, because holy cow, I could probably win this quarter million dollar prize package for just for laughs, which is in no way just the entire bit of the show is just a big promotional vehicle for just for laughs. So everyone, please go to Vancouver to see some hilarious laugh out loud comedy where it's some French guy. Uh, looking at some butts and then laughing at the butts because that's all I can assume French comedy is these days. And finally, I have to uh, address this. Uh, I made a grave mistake a few weeks ago. I, I reviewed Drop That Seat and I said I didn't like it and I got frustrated by some of the physical challenges. Uh, that was the first episode. I did not like that first episode. The set still looks cheap. I still don't like the set. But... Uh, I saw some of the challenges that came on later because it's all on YouTube. It's all free. And I'm going to say it right now. Drop That Seat is not as bad as I made it out to be. It actually is a good enough show for kids. I was eyeing it in the eyes of like a game show itself and its attempt to be part dance show, part game show. And I think I, I missed the mark on what it was supposed to be. And for that, I apologize to any of the producers and creators of Drop That Seat on YouTube. The last few episodes, I, I, I rewatched them, and they're not that bad. I rewatched them with my friend Jack from Funtime Calls, and he offered this fun perspective about it, where it's, well, no, it's actually kind of clever the way they orchestrated the dance moves to be the games. And I saw that, I'm like, actually, you're, you're right there, because it's not just doing this, it's actually kind of like kicking the box or, or doing something to get to the chair. And the final round, where it's just the three challenges in 60 seconds, it actually is kind of fun. And the prizes, I mean, they actually get like around two grand if they actually like beat the damn game, so it's kind of actually kind of 
not that bad of a prize for a kid's game show that's on YouTube. And considering the viewing numbers that it gets on YouTube, they will recoup their, their prize budget at least. I don't know if it's recouping the crew and the set dressing yet, but considering the set dressing is probably very low, like I would say less than $1,000, it's still good. I just think they should fix the set. I think the hosting needs work. There's a lot of issues I still have with the game, but the core aspect of the musical chairs with the music, and it's some good music, by the way. I'm not dissing any of the songs. And the and the game itself, it works. I'm sure if anyone else attempted to make this game show, there would be C's and desist letters from every major music studio and and probably be mocked. But the way Nickelodeon handled it, it's all right. It's fine. I apologize to the people at Nickelodeon and the game show dropped that seat, which is a musical chairs game show with kids. It, it could get better. I still think the there's a lot of hokiness, such as the kids with the smartphones action cam. Uh, it feels too much like the old WCW days where they just handed a camcorder to someone in like the first row and hope for the best, and they never really got good shots. It, it, and there's this weird post-production issue. But that's, uh, that's Drop That Seat. I think it could get better, but I would I would say give it a watch. It's free. It's on YouTube. Uh, if you want to see some of the newest game shows and at least an original idea, it's Musical Chairs as a game show, and it's better than Oh Sit. So I will give it that much. It is better than Oh Sit, and probably and better than Extreme Musical Chairs or whatever it's called, Blindfold Musical Chairs on Ellen's Game of Games. Drop that seat. Not that bad. So I give it a a thumbs up. Uh, now let's move on to today's featured presentation. The game show tonight is I Love Money. I Love Money is created by Mark Cronin. Mark Cronin uh, was originally a, uh, a person from Howard Stern's talk show in 1991. He moved to 1995 to be the head writer for Singled Out on MTV, and he also helped create Big Deal in 1996. He is a man who basically knows and has an eye for masculine male television. He did a lot of other shows on FX, including The X Show, the new movie show with my friend Chris Gore, Beat the Geeks on Comedy Central, and America's Most Talented Kids on PAX, Ultimate Film Fanatic for IFC. And on Game Show Network, you might know him as also the creator for Cram and Extreme Dodgeball. In 2004, Cronin's Mindless Entertainment teamed up with Chris Abego's Pictures to form 51 Minds Entertainment, the company that produces VH1's lineup of reality television shows, anchored by the celeb reality flagship show, The Surreal Life. That company went on to create spinoff shows, including Strange Love with Flavor Flav and Brigitte Nielsen. My Fair Brady with Christopher Knight and Adrian Curry. The Surreal Life Fame Games, Flavor of Love. I Love New York and Rock of Love with Brett Nichols. Because of that, Ed Molina Say acquired a controlling interest in 51 Minds and a deal reported to be worth up to $200 million. Cronin created Below Deck, Ghost Mine, Cash Dome Pawn, and Heroes of Cosplay. 
He has a bunch of other shows as well. But NWL USA, having controlling interests worth $200 million, is proof of one thing. Someone there loves money. And because of Mark Cronin's creation of all of these celeb reality shows, including uh, I Love New York and Rock of Love and Flavor of Love, there was another competition show in the works called I Love Money that features some of the contestants from some of these dating shows competing in physical challenges to win up to a quarter million dollars. Will the show be actually very interesting? Or is this going to be just another check that your butt can't catch? Tonight, we'll be talking about I Love Money. Now let's turn the table! With me on the line is the beloved host of Pillow Talk with Franklin and Uncle Howard. You love him. It's Franklin. Jordan, it is a pleasure to be here on your wonderful game show podcast. We just watched an episode of I Love Money, and I am pumped. I'm, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. No no problem. I can't think of anyone I, I wouldn't spend my time with other than you, Franklin, because this is your expertise. This is your area zone. Not this, really- this is my show. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm glad you stuck it out and decided to watch I Love Money. I understand that it could be a bit, you know, a bit of a strain watching uh, – a lot of drunkards and, uh, you know, just a lot of miscreants on an island. Not an island, or in Mexico, but, like, whatever. Like, it's it's a lot. It's a lot to take in, and I appreciate it. You know, I really do. It's, Is there anything specifically you took out of the Isle of Money experience, Jordan? Uh, I, I feels like this this feels like something straight out of your podcast. Pillow Talk, <laughs> where you and, it does. and Uncle Howard uh, sit on the big king-size mattress and, and watch the movies and review them. It, it's similar to that. But uh, I'm confused by a lot of things. Like I, I remember watching the first two seasons on television, like in between episodes of like Michael Ian Black's uh, I, "I Best Week Ever" and "I Love the '90s Part 4 or whatever. Those are some good documentaries, and they were, VH1 had some great clip shows. I, I have to say, they were really running an awesome. Uh, throughout surreal life up to Megan Wants a Millionaire, it was nothing but hits. Yeah. It was just hits, hits, hits. You know, even if it was trashy. You were watching, and it, it was, it, it was self-aware in some regard, at least the way it was produced. Like, hey, this is kind of this is stupid, but you're in on it, you know. Yes, uh, that's a good way to start this off. Uh, <laughs> Surreal life was what triggered pretty much the whole downfall of the whole reality show game, because yeah. that, that was a show where there was a, like five or six celebrities living in a house. Before there was Celebrity Big Brother here with Kato Kalin. I think he was on <laughs> Surreal Life. Uh, and and because of the success of Flavor Flav on the show, Flavor Flav got a dating show. Because him and Bridget, Brigitte Nielsen's love affair sparked, you know, like, okay, well, he wasn't able to find love with Brigitte Nielsen, but what if we uh, sent out 20 of the most beautiful women in the world, arguably, into one house to compete for his love? And then everything continued to spiral. It was New York insane. was a popular contestant on that, which sparked I Love New York. And then we got, uh, you know, we we got I Love Money first, but then we also got Real Chance of Love and Frank the Entertainer's show, uh, where he's just like women are competing to live with him in his mom's basement. I don't know. Yeah, I don't quite understand kinda, it. 
<laughs> dream, am I right, folks? Yeah. <laughs> that is the dream, to live with VH1 celeb reality star Frank the Entertainer. The guy, he has the most buzzworthy clips in the show. He, 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 the first thing you hear in the first episode, he goes, I love money. And that, that soundbite was used for both seasons and it was just used for any promo stuff of I Love Money. So hats off. Hats off to Frank the Entertainer. He, they know how to use his likeness in a funny way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't understand. He lived in his parents' basement. I don't I, understand why he didn't just move in his uncle and live and share a bed of his uncle. Yeah. You know, from one Franklin to another, you know, get a clue, buddy. Uncle yeah. Howard, if you're listening to this, <laughs> definitely come on the show. We have lots of other shows we need. But uh, <laughs> yes, yes. So this show, I Love Money, yeah, as you mentioned, a bit of a spinoff from I Love New York, spinoff from Flavor of Love, spinoff of Surreal Life. You know, we could even discuss Surreal Life fame games a little bit. That was a yes. fun little romp. You know, Vern Troyer uh, was part of it. Uh, Robin I, Leach was the host. Robin Leach was the, the late Robin Leach and the late Vern Troyer. Jesus, Harold Christ, a lot of a lot of late there, a lot of late. It's unfortunate, but that's a somber reality it, we have to it, face here. It comes here. in in the field. What basically uh, the reason these spinoff shows exist, essentially, and, and, and challenges included, in, in, I guess, in this deal, is that because of the success of a lot of these dating shows, because they're relatively cheap, there's no real cash prize. It's just the quote unquote love that you win. You create these characters, and a lot of time, if the show becomes a cult-like appeal, you get a spinoff show, but you can't have them compete for love sometimes, unless it's like a big character like a New York, or like the the runner-up on The Bachelor, Bachelorette. So you right. get shows like The Challenge, you get shows like uh, Bachelor Pad on Network, or you get I Love Money. And speaking on behalf of all uh, fans of all three of those shows, I Love Money is actually kind of better than all three of these. <laughs> I love three. money for a while was definitely better than the challenge. Now the 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 road the real world road rules challenge did set the standard for for all of this. Uh, even if you know sur- it's all spin off of surreal life, uh, the real world road rules challenge, battle of the sexes, uh, the island, the inferno, the gauntlet, however yeah. you want to put it, you know. But like that the first really set seasons the bar. of of the real world road rules challenge, it was kind of like oh here they are at like at a it was like a major camp. crossover event. Like yeah, a summer right. camp, and they're going to do like a rock wall. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. That was the extent of the Real World Road Rules Challenge. Now there's actually going to be another season, like a new one coming up. Where of, of the is... challenge or the or, or real yeah the world. challenge and it's and it's called World like it's something with best of both worlds or World Gauntlet or whatever where it's going to be people who are on the challenge like famous for being okay. on the challenge now I guess is the thing right <laughs> versus those oh, yeah. who... and they have they have athletes now in those shows. That's right. Yes. Versus those who are on other reality shows that aren't like challenge affiliated and haven't been on there. So it's good. It's kind of like a pros versus, you know, pros versus Joe's pros versus Joe's uh, refrigerator. (laughs) Uh, I know at least uh, he'll have a better chance than CM Punk did. uh, I have to say he's doing Uh, ultimate beast master. Now he's okay. (laughs) (laughs) He's doing the fake American Ninja Warrior. There's gonna be people um, from American Ninja Warrior on that show, on the challenge. Oh, are there? Yeah, is that's that, oh, Jesus Christ. That's so. I guess the fact is, people from Road Rules since Road Rules ended, like when two thousand two, two thousand one, ended pretty early. They they so can, it got canceled pretty much right when iPhone existed. So it's been a while. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, but even then, like, road rules just stopped altogether. Like, the real world road rules challenge was called that, but, like, they stopped making road rules. So, like, after long enough, like, there was no point to call it that anymore because this real world was still going, but road rules just ceased to exist. Nobody was living in an RV anymore, you know, and, like, driving, you know, through the great states. If I want to see people go from place to place doing challenges, I'll just watch The Amazing Race. Thank you very much. There you go. There you go. Another road rules inspired, I have to say then. Huh. Did not think of that. So so back to I Love Money. I do have some notes on right. uh, season one so far. So the first thing you see is the, uh, the I was going to say the character, but this is who he is, it, uh, Midget Mac. He was on I Love New York season two, uh, eliminated quite early, I imagine. If, if anything, second episode elimination. I mean, New York was real with him. What do you expect? Uh, and he was on the show, and I thought, okay, this guy's on the show. He's a little person. How can they make these events fair to him for, so he has a chance to win? How do you level this playing field? But I guess it didn't matter because, again, out by the first episode, you know? It's mm-hmm. just, how do you make events fair? I mean, women have won all seasons of Isle of Money that have been aired, so they're able to not make it completely strength-based and, like, brute strength wins all the time like women have won this you know so how do you make it so a little person can win you have any insight on that jordan so uh i can't speak on behalf of a lot of these shows but that goes to go in the competition uh sir you know how a lot of these shows are endurance based like stand on the log the longest or that's true yeah, word yeah. puzzle a word puzzle or or something like that I, i'm going to talk about further and further uh, reality competition just those are because you can't really do physical tests of strength like who can lift the most or this is all brawn all the time because in brawn will win and yeah so you have to do stuff that almost everyone has a fair chance at winning so that's your trivia show a word game uh an endurance challenge typically a lot of these things are endurance challenges that's or right. very light, and it's very, very light uh, physical, where it's it's not yeah. so much... Uh, it's like tech- technique almost, not necessarily speed and stuff. Like, you yeah, need like a little a skill, bit. Like, like a skill, kind of like a... Right. Put, put the ball in the hole, but you have to swivel the maze. Right. Being strong is not going to necessarily mean you can, you know, shoot a perfect basket. So, no. So, I, I, I get it. It's still, I mean, again, Midget Mac was the first to go. Not that big of a deal. But also... I feel there's so much in these shows that, you know, not that they set a huge trend, but like heated 12 pack, uh, these like kind of uh, so, sort of guidos, kind of just jocks, yeah. getting greased this up. This was at the time of like... This before Jersey Shore. Before Jersey Shore, but the guido culture just kind of hit Got the market. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like they, since they were before social media, they like, they didn't get to blow up as much as they should have. I don't know. They were... Some pretty funny dudes, I have to say, you know, again, just two hunks, you know, that's what you watch these shows for at the end of the day, too. It's you like, want to see a dude just... shirtless. And yeah. You want to see a girl's, you know. Yabos. Butt, yabos. Badonkadonks, because <laughs> wanna... at the time, that's what they were called, badonkadonks. <laughs> they were. There's a lot of Ed Hardy in I Love oh, Money. Ed Hardy. It's a sickening amount. I mean, it is a sickening a amount. A sickening amount of things that would now otherwise be known as Cat Von D. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's absolutely correct. Uh, it's just, I mean, the fashion, it's, I mean, this is not that long ago and it's pretty horrendous all around. We were watching uh, I Love Money season four, which is not an error, people. Uh, and there was a man in a sports jacket thinking, okay, you know, this might be, you know, well dressed man. No, just a sports jacket with tribal 
<laughs> you know, designs on the sleeves. No big deal. Just, I think that was Cisco was his name. That was Brooklyn. That Brooklyn. was Brooklyn. Forget about it. Brooklyn. <laughs> I got a job interview to go to. No. But the rules he, were the same in season four as it was in all the seasons. We assume we're not going to know what season three is. It never aired. And don't no. ever explain what happened or why it never aired or <laughs> stop asking questions. Uh, season three is essentially uh, WrestleMania 20. For those who don't get the reference, it's Chris Benoit. Yeah. So you essentially had the murder of Megan once a millionaire. One, I mean, how is it like the luck that he would win the show too? So it's not even somebody you could like, oh, we'll just start airing it from the second episode or the third episode. You still have enough content. He won the whole thing, you know? So and he may, have used, he may have used his prize money to commit some of his crimes. Well, do you want me to help you? I want to give you a little secret though, Franklin, a little television Shoot. secret. He never got his money. Oh, contestants! Because if you ever see his game shows at the end, contestants must meet eligibility requirements before receiving announced prizes. Because the shows never aired, he never won oh. the quote unquote announced prize. Oh, that's right, that's right. Because I, he, yeah, he can't spoil the show or anything like that. He has to like stay super quiet. I recall because like Kenny from the challenges told like some people, and he got into a little bit of trouble himself. Like, like must- it was just like a big deal. Yeah. You must and again, turn in your $20,000 that you won. Christ. Can you imagine? No. That is rough. That is rough. So yeah, I Love Money, season one off the bat. I already know, like, I'm not even looking, but I know all the characters. You have Megan from Megan Wants a Millionaire. I mean, well, she would later do Megan Wants a Millionaire, but she did Beauty and the Geek and Rock of Love, and she was just, you know, total banger. What can you expect? Um, you had Real Enchants, the Stallioneers. Mr. Boston, who, if you watch the uh, Meet the Cast uh, special that you sent me, yeah. uh, he met with Gary Busey. Did you see that? That was so funny. With, like, how is it? Like, this is a random reality show guy. He's out, like, hanging out in Venice Beach, and, like, Gary Busey goes up, hey, Mr. Boston, how's it going? Like, they're longtime friends. <laughs> this is kind of bizarre. Like, <laughs> Hey, you once you know Busey, you made it. So, <laughs> like, uh, is celeb is celebrity rehab and getting involved in I Love Bunny as well? <laughs> I know it's like you know, real chance of love. Later on, it would be the, for the love of Ray J would be involved as well. But like, damn, Doctor Drew is gonna send out uh you know, Gary Busey and uh, the ba- the other Baldwin to uh, <laughs> really get clean. You got to go on uh, I Love Money. Yes, Seems the like show where half the time you are fucking drunk in. <laughs> <laughs> you went from a safe house well now meet your biggest challenge drugs and alcohol are basically served for you for free so that's the real challenge there i don't think uh what's his name the crazy town guy would have been able to survive that yeah. uh, and, but, she, uh, Mary, but yet for Mary some Carey. reason he'll still say come my lady come come my lady come my lady yeah he would he would uh, we just don't know how he spells it so i don't know we don't know we can only speculate here there's there's only so much but uh, I love Money Season One. Uh, it's a fun romp. Um, there's a lot of you know your traditional alliances. Uh, I mean, in, if you want to explain the rules, there's a challenge winner, and they get to be the paymaster. Yes. And the paymaster gets to be wined and dined. I don't know about being sixty nine, but it's an option. It I an feel option. like it is an option. So, and the three people who are lowest rank have to like essentially beg to stay on the show, right? Uh, close. You're kind of close on that. You're really. You're. It's actually. It, it, almost exactly it. So what happens is 
Uh, it, the rules change depending on each challenge, but essentially it's broken into two teams. Gold team and green team. Green like money! Hey! Oh, um, gold like... Well, gold. <laughs> yeah. Gold! Come on, you knew <laughs> you wanted go. to do it. I didn't know why. I, I really don't. You know you want to. Come I on, Gold! He did yeah. his catchphrase, folks. I did it. It's not my catchphrase. He did his intro. catchphrase. <laughs> he did Go. it. Who am I? Bort Simpson? Do the catchphrase? Give me a break. <laughs> Have a cow, Jeez, dude. Um, <laughs> no. So, so, yeah. So, it's a green and gold team. They both compete in the challenge. Yeah. You know, so, be... the, so, the one winner of the gold team or the green team, like if the mm-hmm. team, if it's a team based, Right. That person is the paymaster. That person's the paymaster. And then the other team has to send their bottom three. No, one. No, the, the weakest of the challenge also goes in. So it's the weakest of the challenge plus oh, two others. Oh, the weakest of the challenge. Oh, okay. So it could be the weakest of either team then. Yes. Yeah, so, okay. Yeah. Wow. Tense. Very tense. So, so then the other two aren't decided by the winning team or the paymaster. It's decided first by the losing team. They have to put two people up for elimination at their own discretion in 20 minutes or so. If yeah, time runs out the and they are and unable to choose and make a decision, then the other team must make the decision for them. That's that's where a lot of the tension comes. That is where a lot of the tension comes. And then I mean, similar I to your, your yeah. bachelor, bachelorette dating thing, you have three people in an awkward dinner conversation with the guy talking to them flirting yep yep i mean even becky buck wild in season two of i love money is like i'm basically gonna flirt with the entertainer because he's an idiot and like i want to stay here and that essentially worked because i she was 100 percent right (laughs) so that's the idea that's is and most of the time it is of the opposite sex that comes yes yeah but also there was time when megan was the paymaster and Rodeo was one of the people on the chopping block. So Megan exploited this and she had Ro- Rodeo talk to her little dog, Lily, and like say, oh, I'm going to take care of you and your mama. You know, even if I win, I'll give her some of the money. You know, it's me, Rodeo. I'm a stand up gal. You can trust me. It's just, it was it was a bit much. It's kind of de- demeaning, but I guess that's the <laughs> essence of these shows really in a lot it, of ways. It's... Deme- it, it's- this is one of those shows where it's like a, the struggle session boys will show up and have like a meltdown because this is what class welfare will get you is you end up degrading yourself just to end up on a higher tax bracket just so you can say. <laughs> well, You're no longer I mean, like Jessica. You're no longer Kevin. You are you are hamburger for the rest you of your are hamburger. Time. You're you're cheesy. You're tailor made. Uh, you're I'm mozzarella. I'm here to you're make fun. friends. I'm here for a cold million dollars. $250,000, you know, a quarter of a million. Yeah. That's uh so that's a good amount. Better than charm school who only got 50,000, which I felt was sexist, you know? Like, oh, it's only women, we could just give them 50,000 and that's it. Like, okay. I mean, it is, I mean, it's Hollywood. What do you expect? Women don't get paid as much as it, it, Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm not afraid to say I don't care for that, you know, and others may not agree, but I'm putting myself out there. I am. Just, I guess. Just, I guess I'm just a good guy. Just an ally. You're a good person. You're just a good ally. You're, <laughs> yeah. you so, know, so you, what caught my attention a little bit with the paymaster is when I watched season two of I Love Money, and Frank, the entertainer, was the paymaster. As, as I mentioned earlier, Be- Becky Buck Wild was on the chopping block. So was Milf. <laughs> that was just her name. That's her name. Milf. Your name is no longer Sebastian. It is Milf. Milf. 
Uh, she was from Real Chance of Love. Uh, and then the other person was T-Weed from I Love New York 2. T-Weed. T- yeah, no, I think it was I Love New York 1. I'm sorry. And his thing was, his claim to fame was he claimed to be, you know, have a net worth of, you know, a couple million. And he was outed as being completely broke. And like he was just, he was just really embarrassed, you know. Like his last job was like Dinky Donuts or something like that. So he's telling Frank the Entertainer, like, "I'll serve you Buddha's head on a silver platter. I'm gonna do this for you." And it's, it, it was just kind of like, man, dude, like you know, it was just kind of rough. It was rough to watch these grown men just kind of succumb, and like grown men and women just kind of just like beg. I don't know. It was and a bit make rough. out sometimes. Make and out. make out. Some, yeah, Becky Buckwild did make out with Frank the Entertainer. I mean, you know, these, this is how it goes. This is how it goes on I Love Money. Anything goes, you know? At least the, the hookups were, I don't know. They, I felt that they felt a lot more organic on I Love Money than uh, the challenges of the real world, the road rules, you know? Just my take. <laughs> Just my, like the, the winner of I Love Money season one was Hoops, who won Flavor of Love. And I was looking through Wikipedia, she dated Shaq. Whoa. Yeah. The ge- and Shaq. Friend, friend of the general, Shaq. Friend of the general, Shaq. So, you know, I could have been potentially going to Shaq's wedding to Hoops with a Z because that's her name. And she's a big fan of NBA Jam. <laughs> she's a big fan of him. She is a big fan. You know, and that was a nice victory uh, for season one because it was the only normal person in the house. So that was that's what kind of like really made an audience invested in hoops was like, oh, she's normal. You know, this is like an actual real normal person, like not just like some weird drunk or like, you know, an aspiring rapper or model, you know, it was like, oh, she's just a normal girl, you know, and just. Yeah, you really were rooting for her. And she was like one that actually did like t- explain out like what her dreams are. And it wasn't like anything quirky or silly. No, 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 no. It was very, very down to earth. And it was, it was nice to see. And now there was a big twist in uh, I Love Money season one. Megan was quite manipulative throughout the whole season, getting rid of people like 12 Pack, uh, Toasty, who did adult film. That was her claim. I mean... Not that there's anything wrong with that. I've actually scoured the web for these. Adult no. film uh, star. Adult film star Toasty. Uh, yeah. Also, Pumpkin was a victim of Megan's. So they brought back a few of the cast members from the past to vote off to get to the final two. So what Megan did was just a brilliant heel move. It was down to her, uh, White Boy, and Hoops. And they were going to vote. 12 pack toasty all those people were gonna vote and since megan knew they were gonna vote for her she quit she just flat out quit and said you know what i'm done here it's been great (laughs) the last part is wwe run i quit she's gone she's gone maybe even in the batista wave before even leaving there and she was she just left they didn't even have the satisfaction of voting her ultimate heel move she was fantastic. I could see why she got her own show. Never know who won that one either. But I, I guess there's probably a reason for that. Who knows? Yeah. So I'll bing it later. So yeah, do you have any any thoughts on uh, on any of the I Love Money stuff so far that from season one that I may have missed? Uh, well, season one, 
unlike the season four is tape was in the mansion we 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 yeah. did bring up before the air when we watched season four we were like how cheap the season four is compared to the first two seasons it's bad and even in the opening they used the past show's opening but they were silhouettes so in season one you have 12 pack and and uh heat uh playing tug of war with a bag of money so in season four you see the silhouette of them, and it's very obvious, and that's just playing tug of war for money. So it's it like if Hell's like... Kitchen did not have the budget for their elaborate opening sequence. <laughs> yeah, it's that just... would be it. <laughs> I mean, it, I Love Money season four definitely took a drop. I honestly thought it was like a fever dream, and like I saw it maybe like at eleven a.m. or that i was just like i was just waking up okay i probably shouldn't say that it's kind of embarrassing but i don't know the exact time i was waking up but i was like wow what is this i love money but it's not the same people like what for the love of ray j i was like eh, i'm not gonna watch this I, I didn't even think it was really real i just felt like it was something i dreamed up you know but i mean season two was all still on par with uh season one you had uh, frank the entertainer came back again uh you had uh safari you had a lot of the same people, but some new faces that were still part of uh, some major shows. So it's kind of a kind of a bump. But Miami won that one actually, so I feel like local native pride here that a Miami person won. Oh, they even they even have like all of the names for the season three that never aired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they have that kept. Tra- I mean, somebody kept track of that for some reason. If you go on Wikipedia, I mean, <laughs> I, know, I was like, "Is this you, Franklin? Is this something you?" Am I updating it? <laughs> Am I up? I, I, I googled it at the time. I was like, "Man, what a bummer!" I like looked on Amazon. Like, somebody has to has like a bootleg copy of this or something somehow. I, I mean, we kind of did kind of watch. I think a bootleg version of <laughs> of season four. We saw Yabos in the plain daylight. We saw a bare chested woman. Nothing like hanging with your buds, looking at some, uh, some, some, some honkers, some honkers. And there was that guy there. I forgot what name. It, that may have been Francisco. He's like, there's a naked lady here. It's amazing. And he's just looking at the I camera like it. completely uncomfortable. Like, that's, yeah. It's so funny. It's like, so his testimonial is just like, yeah, I love naked women. I'm so straight. And then like in actuality, is just they're like, oh, oh, God, please don't show my face. And my shot. mom is going to watch this. Uh, <laughs> He's horrified. I just oh, I set up a LinkedIn profile. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I did have more notes on season. One. I mean, it, it applies for all seasons. They do these testimonials after the show. So it's like, oh man, I'm I'm afraid I'm going to be eliminated. They do such a good job. I have to say, the whole you know, I don't say cast, but all the competitors of like adding to the suspense, even though they already know the outcome. You know, yes. I thought they did a fantastic job with that. You know, uh, credit to all of them, really. You know, typically, I bought it. Typically, when it comes to the confessional cam, they do all that beforehand, uh, where it's it's kind of like Franklin. Who's your biggest threat in the house? Who do you think? Right. I know Real World has done that. Or Big Brother sometimes tell. does that too. They kind of lead people. Right. Survivor does that. I love money. I I think this is where everyone because everyone gets paid on the show. Yeah, one reason or another. So when they came in to do the interviews, it, it's probably like okay, so we're talking episode three. This was the time you did this. Yeah, Look, yeah, and so, so we have footage <laughs> of you seeing the like the the honkers in the bedroom. <laughs> Can you just give me like the biggest yeah boy in your life? <laughs> I can't believe this. This is great. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, do you yeah, know one was... more time with more enthusiasm? Thank 
<laughs> yeah, I, I started realizing actually, real world and road rules also did it after as well because uh, CT got a mohawk in the middle of the season. So throughout his uh, confessionals, he's always wearing a hat, you know, really low. It's like oh, okay, and then like his future testimonials are like oh, there's a mohawk. Like okay, now I see what's going on here. All that Hollywood magic, yeah. that Hollywood magic just coming out there, you know. So uh, they got me, you know. They really did. So <laughs> the episode we watched is season four. There are people from Rock of Love Bus, I Love New York, uh, Daisy of Love, For the Love of Ray J, Megan Wants a Millionaire, and Real Chance of Love. So we're looking at six shows. This should have been like just a huge clash here. Like I, the I know premiere this- was September sixteenth, twenty ten finale was December first, twenty ten. So almost approaching its ten year anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> oh god well at least we, we are approaching the uh, 10 year anniversary of uh, i love money season one if we haven't passed it already so we that's, have uh, season one was 2008 july 6th okay. okay that's a big landmark right there gosh i wish I, I wish i was aware of this when it happened could have messaged mr boston I'm like hey mr boston sounds like doing real estate deals he's <laughs> <laughs> How did this not get brought up in his day to day and like not get embarrassed? You know, it's just kind of rough. Maybe, Poor maybe Mr. like nowadays, like he hangs out at clubs and he's like a meet and greet guest still, kind of like how some people from like RuPaul's Drag Race show up as guests. And you now think anybody from these shows still has the clout to do that outside of New York herself? Uh, New, New York has the clout. Hoops, I guess maybe a little bit. You know, she did date Shaq, so she has um, to have some. She did some other stuff. Uh, but really, outside of outside of New York herself, maybe Megan Hauserman kind of still has a little bit, and she's super gorgeous or whatever. Like, yeah, could, to be, maybe, get, maybe get, chance, be doing this. maybe chance from Chance of Love. Chance, yeah, chance a little bit, yeah, I suppose. Uh, it's got to be rough for him. Uh, rest in peace, real for starters. That's just awful. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's just rough. Other than that, We're, like anyone can easily get by if they just never bring up their nickname anymore. <laughs> Yeah, they, they yeah you know what they could go pretty under the radar. These people can get employed again. You or know? maybe be like Dwayne, know. or maybe do the Dwayne Johnson route, just put in their middle name. Like it's it's. <laughs> oh yes, yeah. Ahmed. Uh, well, no, Ahmed was real, so you can't. I don't even know Chance's government name or, or Mr. Boston's really like what, Gary, Mr. Boston. Uh, I don't know Samson. Hell of I know. Uh, I'm quickly looking at the wiki. I was like looking. Like, <laughs> yes, so yeah. Give me some government names here. Give me some government names, All right, so season please. four, uh, Mindy Hall. <laughs> Mindy Hall, okay. Brooklyn, Rock named Christopher Ca- uh, Cass, was Daisy of <laughs> okay. Love. Okay. Hot Wings is Camille Lay. <laughs> I'm a fan of, the, of this universe, and I don't know these people, so like that should tell you none of them had the clout to be doing club appearances anymore. That's sad. Punisher is Sheree Hayes, Six Gage, okay. Chris Cummer. <laughs> Spell with a K. <laughs> Get your mind out of the gutter. Oh, rats. Britannia Ocampo, Francisco, quote unquote, Cisco. Corn fed, Abby Noah. You know what? I take it back. Britannia still has the clout because she is an Instagram sensation. Oh, yeah. And she's, she's working for it. And, you know, my Uncle Howard hasn't spent any live Jasmine tokens on her, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he did. So there's that. So, no, I take it back. So, Megan. Britannia and New York. The guys, none of you. Maybe chance. I'm, I'm, Maybe. Giving, I'm giving chance a chance. Give him a chance. I, I'm with you. He has enough clout. Maybe. Yeah, he could do. He could do a couple clubs for sure. 
You can do a couple clubs. I take it back. It's gotta right. be a, a, isn't there? There should be a convention for reality stars in general. There I'm sure is. there is already. There okay. Is a okay. Uh, I mean, you, that's usually, surprising. Usually, there's also not. A, there's a reality show uh, award show too. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, this is still pretty old, though. These shows. I don't know if they would be getting invited. I feel like reality show awards would be for recent shows. Yeah, it would be. It's, but they yeah, it would be something like, historic, you know. Like but, Johnny yeah. Fairplay still shows up to these damn things. And it's okay, like, right, right. He'd be a presenter for sure. He's got the clout. The or first Danny Bonaduce, because remember he was on the surreal. Yeah. Yeah. Surreal life. Yeah. And Breaking Bonaduce. Uh, not, not to be confused with Breaking Bad. Equally good show, you know. Breaking Bonaduce, Breaking Bad. Which one do people like more? It's a toss up. Who knows? It's a toss up. <laughs> I, I remember in Breaking Bonaduce, he was like arguing with his wife. He's like, "I will shake the rafters of this whole foundation." It's like such empowered speeches. He was, and he did TNA wrestling. So there you go. There's your impact, guys. A VH1 crossover. So good on you, Danny Bonaduce. You're still with us. Um... You know. Not by any luck or choice of your own, but you're still with us. You got any more government names for me here? Oh, I, I would keep going on the list, but I mean, I'm okay. just going to prom- I'm just going to like the first half because, like, holy cow, do we really need to go through? Yeah, yeah, and that no, was season don't. four, yeah. not even season so one. Season, season four is just, I mean, this is a major step down. If you're comparing to season one and season two, beautiful house in Mexico, beautiful mansion in Mexico. And now in season four, we're at a hotel resort, which is still very nice. Do not get me wrong, but it's a big step down. And your sights and like of the events are no longer these really scenic, nice beaches. They're like the beaches where like nobody really hangs out around. It's kind of rough, you know. It was Manzanillo, Mexico. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I feel like it's somewhere grimy in California. It could it, be Turlock for all you know. No, it could have been like, you know, like a, like something that was like a two-star resort and it was cheap to grab. <laughs> true, 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 true. Yeah. They couldn't no, afford well, the pillows or any of this. So there's like a giant insurance claim. <laughs> <laughs> now, now their, their buses had a, an Isle of Money decal on them on the side of the doors. And it felt like the saddest branding thing. Like, oh, this is legit. Look, we have a bus. Like, Gosh, man. They used to really do it in style. They would go to dope restaurants. They would Limousines. zip line, limos. And this season, it's like you're on a bus, you're in a hotel, and you know, you, you might win. Was the price still the same at the end of season four? Was it still it's still quarter? four million? They did not change wow. it. Well, I guess they cut enough corners, though. So, geez Louise, you know, I mean, it might, it, that's the least it can do for anybody in those conditions. It wasn't a fire festival type situation, but it still wasn't pleasant, oh, I felt like. Here is uh, season one, uh, according to Wiki, here's some fun facts after the show, according to the Wiki page of I Love Money season one. All right, lay some Megan fun facts on Megan was at Hedron show, Megan wants a millionaire, you already knew this. And she wasn't beating the geek. Uh, yes, that was actually yeah. going to be the next step. <laughs> I, I, I didn't. I didn't want to make it seem like I didn't know. I definitely knew that. I can't believe. I can't believe I forgot to mention. I'm a big Beauty and the Geek, guy. Beauty and the Geek guy as well. Jesus. Yeah. So <clears> what else? Uh, Lay some more on. Brian me. McFadden was there, uh, and uh, what was the other guy? Uh, Mike Richards, that host. <laughs> He's the executive producer of Let's Make a Deal and The Price Is Right. By the way, that host. <laughs> wow. Well done. Yeah, he, well he done. wants to be a host. He wants to be a game show host. And from executive producer Ashton Kutcher comes Beauty and the Geek, <laughs> the Jesus ultimate Christ. social experiment. The ultimate social experiment. Oh, so I guess I should reveal something. Uh, I tried out for I Love New York too. Um, what? <laughs> yeah, 
yeah, yeah, I tried Fire Love New York too, and I was there. It was a fine interview. I mean, they, I know I wasn't wanted. I was, you know, it wasn't like there was a lot of people in there. Like there was like twelve people who auditioned. I went up there. I was on stage. You know, it was at like uh, I think the club used to be called Mansion on South Beach, and they just asked me some questions or whatever. You know, it's like they were trying to gauge like. Do you really like New York? You are like a shrimpy white guy. Like, do you really like her? And I, I, I mean, I, I, I'm, I was attract. I think she's attractive enough. I wasn't really like, oh no, like no. I was, I was into it, but uh, it didn't go so well for me. And I obviously did not get picked. And the guy who did get picked um, was just because he was, uh, he looked like the guy from season one named Romance. So they just kind of went with him, and he didn't even watch the the show at all. So it's kind of a bummer for me. So. Kind of a downer that I could have been part of this universe and I wasn't. And uh, I've had to cope with it for over a decade now that I was not part of the show, you know? But yeah. Kind of know, a bummer. You know, good consolation though is, you know, pillow talk with you and Howard. I mean, true. The, the, the consolation is my life spiraled out of control that I had to move in with my uncle and share a bed. But now we have a like blue ribbon. Frank the Entertainment. God, being Frank's fucking parallels, man, it's bugging me out. I don't care. I don't care for it. I I don't care for it. I'm not gonna care for it if he's more successful than me now. That's gonna be a problem for me. I, feel I like. just see like what is Frank the Entertainer oh, up to God, these no. days? Like real quick. Oh God. I mean, look, I'm getting. I'm I'm gonna be a full time teacher at some point. Uh, maybe maybe not, but I'm substitute teaching. So is his career? Better than a substitute teacher right now. Let's see. Frank I'm afraid Maresca. to find out. <laughs> I am afraid to find out. It, it's not Frank that hard. Frank is uh No, 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 no. What is it? Oh, well, he has his IMDb page. And... Okay, so do I. So do I. Uh, well, yours is Bugmain Begins. Okay, uh, yeah. But, you know, but and Survivor Series 2010. I was yeah. in the front row. You're in the front row. Uncredit appearance. Uh, yeah, well, you I'm have, still there. You have, he, she, uh, Frank has three. You have two. <laughs> okay. Well, you know what? I was in, I was in the uh, Miami 1996, and the strongest man, uh, uh, strongest man, got some uh, uh, IFC attention. So you know, what? Not add IFC. more. Add this. We gotta get. Uh, yeah, this- I, I should. I should. But I, I, I'm. Yeah, I really don't want. Like, I think it might have my government name on there, so I'll pass on the strongest man. But if- I do show up pretty prominently. Uh, you are strong. I have man. more. Hey, <laughs> it wasn't based off of me. Like I'm so mad. I'm just in the party again. Just in the background eating like pizza, just kind of at a birthday party. But still, more than Frankie Entertainer or his roles in IMDb. Yeah, like oh, it's Is just, it just all, I love New York. Pre- it's just I love New York. I love yeah. money. And what was and the show called? Frank the Entertainer in a Basement Affair. Those are the only. The three. Basement Affair was the name of the show. Yeah, his the show. The full <laughs> name of the show was Frank the Entertainer in a Basement Affair. In a Basement Affair, you could tell his parents were definitely gunning for a spinoff off the bat. They were so like, Frankie, you need to get a job. What are you doing? Yeah, uh, they, they were so hamming it up for those cameras. They knew what they were doing from day one. Bravo uh, to them. Yeah. No, I, 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 well, like once game shows, I suppose, gets big enough, like in any of these Earwolf podcasts, you know, <laughs> we, we, yeah. could, we could definitely see an IMDb page and then more credits. Yeah. Another credit added on Frank the Entertainer. Not even smart enough to live with your uncle, loser. Yeah. <laughs> Living in a basement. <laughs> Whatever, man. Uh, loser. 
So no. So uh, I was watching some of the competitions on season two, and one of them that got me, like you mentioned, it's endurance based. Yeah. And in this one, you had to you're you're standing on a, on a couple planks or whatever, and you had to kiss the butt cheek of your partner, and whoever was the last person standing won. So, you know, you had Milf throwing the competition, and uh, Becky Buck Wild threw it as well. So you're definitely you're left with like. Miami and uh, Teaweed, they're kneeling down with his lips pressed against her bottom and like uh, the other competitors. And it's like, damn, oh. this is how much. <laughs> Should I read this, this off much- on the wiki page? Because it's cracking me up so much. Yeah, please go for it. All right. Uh, I'll call uh, Okay. Uh, this is the full on. This is, I'm going to read word for word the, par- the entire sentence here. <clears throat> Milf is seen arguing with... This is episode four called Kiss My Dot Dot Dot. First aired February 23rd, <laughs> 2009. Milf is seen arguing with her roommates, Buddha, Miami, and Teaweed, for her, <laughs> their portrayal to her for voting her into the box. Milf, fed up with this, moves downstairs. The next day, Craig hints that the next challenge will be, like last year, a mouthful. For the That's right. So team, last year, so let me just refresh people. Uh, last year, they had a challenge where they had to lock lips, yeah. and um, Chance did not want Mister Boston kissing him. Very homophobic of Chance, I will say. I don't. I don't. Wag a finger that. there, Chance. Wag a finger. Yeah. Hey, uh, Chance. You know that's not so cool after all. You know it would have been gangster, my friend, letting Mister Boston kiss you and winning some money. But hey, so this is a spinoff last season. And Craig, the way he announced it, said, you're going to be kissing your partner's cheek. Yes. And then then it was revealed. It's co- okay. Butch. For the green team, the Bones dot. is picked as a team captain, while the entertainer is picked for the gold team. This is who decides, because if you're the captain, you're the one that goes in the bottom if you fail. Right. Um, if you're the winner, so, you're a captain, you're the paymaster. The paymaster. When they arrive at the challenge site, Craig tells them that the challenge is called the Kiss Off 2, which is based <laughs> off the challenge in the first season of I Love Money. Craig has a bag of colored coins, and then one contestant picks a coin that matches another contestant's coin. They'll be paired together. On the green team, Milf and Buddha get paired up together. Miami and Teaweed are paired together. Bones and an odd-colored coin was not able to play, leaving Buckwild and Ice to be together. On the gold team, yep. Prancer yep. and Angelique are together. Heat and It, uh, Sapphire and Taylor Made, 20-pack and Entertainer are paired together. While Callie pick the odd color, the odd color coin also meaning she'll not play the game craig then throws a twist in the game the pairs will not be locking lips but instead will be kissing one of their butts <laughs> which is based on when the past contestants from i love money when the contestants would kiss up to the other contestants and literally when nibbles kissed bucky's butt on a dare on flavor of love too <laughs> that is a great description i, I will say I, I recall bones this guy very thin man uh he was the only god-fearing person in this house as well so he had an inter- interesting element of just like oh i'm not gonna throw challenges you know i'm not you know it's like i'm a god-fearing man I don't, I don't operate that way sister patterson really wanted him to be chosen by new york but new york was unsure if you know he was straight i guess i don't recall but he was interested in this show. And in season two of I Love Money, uh, there was like an underdog alliance. So it was the first time these like kind of weaker competitors like Taylor Made and Prancer and a few others were getting rid of these 
mammoth men like the entertainer and Buddha, who's just like chiseled and just like a, a, like Bobby Lashley style. I mean, it's like he's just wow, like, man. Yeah, my man, Bobby Lashley. So yeah, uh, the, the I thought, rule I thought of the challenge is only the lips can touch the butt, no hands. <laughs> No, so that's why Frank the Entertainer got disqualified. Yeah, that's coming felt, up. That is coming okay. up. I'll let you go then, read it. The yeah. contestants have to remain on a beam, and their lips must keep touching the butt. Immediately in the game, Milf pushed Buddha off the beam, meaning they were out. Buck Wild threw the game, meaning Teeweed and Miami were the only pair left on the green team. The Entertainer then gets him and 20-pack disqualified by Entertainer giving 20-pack, quote-unquote, a smack on the ass. <laughs> Why did he feel compelled to do that? Taylor made slips, then slip off of Sapphire's butt, meaning they were also out, and the heat fails off, falls off the team and has used his hand to touch the ground to stop himself, resulting in another disqualification. It's down to Teeweed in Miami versus Prancer and Angelique. Teeweed starts sweating, and then his feet struggle to stay on the beam, and then he falls off, which resulted in another win for the gold team. <laughs> yeah. And they even Heavy have like stuff. the places. Angelique is first place. Miami Teewee second place. <laughs> Heat and it third place. Sapphire Gaylor made four. Twenty pack entertainer five. Buckwell and Ice whiff through six. Buddha and Milf whiff through seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they 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 threw the challenge intentionally, so they weren't timed. But yeah, Angelique. Now that was the uh, the French lady from Rock of Love. She loved to get naked and uh, heavily plastic surgery up, but she just loved to get nude. Uh, I don't know if that's exactly a, a personality or a surrogate for a personality. Just somebody who likes to get nude. Nudist, but, uh, you know. I, I felt like that could have taken her long in the show, though. I, I You know, it's funny because every guy is like, oh, she's so gross. Like, I don't want to make out for her. Like, oh, whatever. When the moment came when she was hitting on them, like, they were horned up. Like, you know, they got these big yabos in their face. They got some blonde bombshell yeah. right there. They're just like, yeah. And 20 pack made out of her, but then like he like gargled some wine and like spit it out. I was like, oh, that was nasty. That was disgusting. Like, I don't know. I I, I don't understand 20 packs deal. You know, I I don't know. I'm not I'm not accusing him of anything. Not that it would even matter what is he identifies sexually, but like it was. I just hate how he was playing it up. Like, oh, she's nasty, and like, oh, I don't. I'm not. I'm not into that. You know, it's like kind of weak, dude. You know. I don't know. Nico There's Vasquez, also known as 20 yeah. Pack, is on Instagram <laughs> at Nico Nuts. Nico Nuts. Wow. Has Nico got any perfect nuts on his, uh, on his Instagram? He has 4,271 followers. Well, he is chiseled. Like, call a spade a spader. The man, the man is just like ripped. You know, like, can't argue that. You cannot argue. You know, he's a hunk. He's a hunk. He is a. What I didn't. Yeah. There we go. What I didn't. I didn't like his New York had 12 pack and then she felt this is like, oh, he's got more abs. He's 20 pack when really 12 pack is more of a Cadillac of man than 20 pack. I know it's a controversial opinion to have, but if you made me choose, I would go with 12 pack every time. He just seemed like a cooler dude and just seemed a little more jacked. He had more mass on him is what I'm trying to say. It's a double of a six pack. That's why it was called 12 pack. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I don't know if he necessarily had twelve a twelve pack. I don't think the other guy had a twenty pack, but regardless, I mean, semantics here. He was probably packing know. something else. Oh, oh, solid bulge. Well, we saw twelve packs bulge in I Love New York. Yeah, um, we never see twenty packs. Yeah, that was how it goes. Uh, That's how it goes. 
So do, so the the but do you have any more a uh, Nile of Money season two or? So uh, I'm, Miami won that one. I love how Flavor Flav spells people's names out. Like delicious was spelled like D E E L S Y U S. Like that delicious. was the challenge, wasn't it? Like how did those Flavor Flaves spell certain things? Yeah, that's how uh, Miami is. It's like okay, Miami. <laughs> E-E, like, okay, yeah, you know, phonetically, I don't disagree with you, man. But uh, no, yeah, she won it. Uh, Taylor made got to the end with his uh, alliance of underdogs, which I thought was a real cool twist of like, because in the MD- MTV shows, it's always CT and the brute strength coming to win at the end or something like that. But like the underdogs got through and, and um, yeah, Miami won. I was fine with that. Again, very, I think it was a, uh, a big step for women out there to have two uh, contestants win uh, hoops in Miami. You know, I think it uh, mission accomplished. Women, mission accomplished. You won Isle of Money season one and two. It's a big step. But now we're on to season four. Unless you want to talk about season three. Uh, I mean, season three, it, it got canceled. So go on. It got, there's nothing. I mean, a murderer won it, and they couldn't hear it. I mean, I'm, I don't know. If that's like common information. We should mention at least. The guy from Megan Wants a Millionaire who did some horrendous things won I Love Money, which is terrible. It's a horrible, <laughs> horrible, horrible fate. I don't know why I'm laughing. I feel bad. No, I feel like, it's awkward. Yeah, it's weird. It's I, just, I feel it's like just, Mike Mitchell all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You definitely. Uh, I'm I don't, doing I, a Mitch. Pulling yeah. a Mitch. Laughing at an unfortunate circumstance. Well, well, now I'm going to pull a Weiger and tell you the devil uh, is not does not care much for this. He's going to pay you a visit for laughing. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. No, anyways. Um, so season four, it's low budget. We already mentioned the intro. Daisy of Love, Ray J, all these people. It's it's really the bottom of the barrel. And this is just like, I guess, was it a contract issue that they decided to do this? Or they thought we could restore our former glory? You know, I, we have Garth from Megan Wants a Millionaire. Who does not want to watch Garth? I think the author so. of this hit song, Sex Mode. You know what? Maybe it's because it's the layer of the layer effect. You know, like a okay. duplicate thing? Because it's kind of like, okay, Flavor of Love, because Flavor Flav, mm-hmm. which gives us New York, and everyone liked New yeah. York. Because of New York, we got Chance and Real. Because of Real, yeah. then we get this. So it's a layer of a layer of a layer. That but now- this is the final layer that at some point... A light, that, that layer, you know, those degrees of Kevin Bacon start getting really lame, you know? So it's the, oh, this is the person who was on the dating show with the other person who was on the other dating show with the contestant yeah. who was going to be on the date with Brett Michaels. Like, that's kind of how it went. That's, yeah, exactly. So, like, when you're talking about, you know, it's not even somebody from Daisy of Love. Daisy of, I mean, Daisy's a nobody. So you have nobodies competing for, I mean, Jesus Christ. It's the bottom of the barrel. We finally reached it. We're scraping the bottom of the barrel. I don't mean in like moral compass or anything like that. Just in terms of interest, of casting and wise, like, casting wise with casting these wise, characters. There's no more Mister Boston. There's no more. There's not even a white boy. There, you know, there's it's just it's just there. We're not even a Safari. Like she was great. You know, it, it's just like okay. It's just kind of like Ed Hardy clad people. Uh, some people who competed for Ray J. I mean, I don't know. I would never yeah. follow that show necessarily. So. I don't know. It was, this was rough. This was rough. You it know. Rough. Luckily, I don't think you watched the entire season four. You only saw. I only saw one episode. And it, and that was the one with me. Unfortunately. Yes. 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 So we we. I had to be out. the one that soiled the love of money for Franklin. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
at some point it was you know maybe i wanted the show to come back but now after seeing that that was was the next question that's usually the next step on the show is should the show be revived if so how i want ideally i would like the show to come back as a fan of mr boss and these people like a 10 years later if the show was to come back i mean you know what i'm gonna say yes the show should come back there might be enough nostalgia. I mean, we're, we're, we're always draining from the nostalgia pool anyway, so it might as well. It's reality TV. It doesn't matter. The simulation is real, folks. Exactly. So you know what? Bring back everybody from season one. Who cares? Just redo season one, except for the person who won hoops. So you know what? Bring her back, too. She'd probably spend all that money. by. I mean, like rightfully yeah. so. It's not that much money in 10 years. Pretty much the audience 000. is now the people who still watch VH1, so it works. Right, right, right. And yeah, I, you know what? I, it, it's not going to be a success, but for my sake, bring it back. I want to see Rodeo. Is, she, is Rodeo still kicking it? Does she still have her barbecue sauce? Does 12-pack still have his fashion line? <laughs> 12? I think it was just called 12. 12 clothing. It was so bad. It was like... <laughs> you see the meat cast of 12 pack you send it to me well yeah. 12 pack he he designed like some fashion like yeah it's just gonna have a cool dragon but like it's the dragon's bones is like oh cool dude it's well, gonna cool. be it has a tattoo man yeah exactly so bring them all back bring them all back you know so be it uh maybe chance and uh mr boston can like reconcile and like you know i, I think it'd be a touching thing See, that's something I would rather see instead. It's like a Chance and Mr. Boston Road Rules type show where it's like they get six <laughs> people from Flavor of Love like living in an RV doing like challenges. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the show could be revived, but I think it'll have to be like an MT like on MTV instead. So it's like, oh, a okay. Challenge. So it could be injected. It'd be injected into part of the challenge lore like everything else. Yes. I could uh, get behind that. That's smart. And then I completely scrapped the challenge uh, as being a real world road rules challenge and it just being a everyone's new on that show. Yeah, now that's just a challenge in general. So yeah, so now it's, it, it opens the floodgates. So now I everyone guess it, who's an yeah. all-star goes on I Love Money and the challenge is now, you know, all sorts of people, individuals, and it's no longer like there are stupid two team challenges of mm-hmm. do Survivor Ask Survivor the challenge. So that way, when you're on I Love Money, the new version on MTV, it's like, oh, remember the one episode of Fear Factor with Ludacris? Remember? <laughs> remember this one guy who was on it? Because he's on this. Remember Jesus the guy from Christ. Are You the One? He was the one that cried because he didn't find the one. He's going to be on this one. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, it'd, be, it'd be pretty sad, actually. Now that I think about it, I might have to revoke it. It's just like, ugh. It's just rough, man. It's just rough. I don't want to see my favorites. Keep, but, but it still has to be amplified and cartoony. It still has to have those, those wacky yeah. sound effects, the honks, the boinks. VH1 did a hell of a job editing the first two seasons of that show. Yeah. Into, oh, jeez. I don't want to say in a, in a slapstick-like fashion, but kind of. It was kind of over the top. And there was the Hong sound effects were there, great. Were... Yeah, there were Hong Kongs. There, there was everything, you know? And, I mean, even like unnecessary slurping of your soup. I mean, there's everything. It was just like, it, it was shot real well. You know, they got the close-ups you needed for everything. I mean, I was a fan. I mean, it's by, then, pretty obvious by now. But then season four was just... The audio levels, I don't know what's up, but it was playing over the confessionals. Yeah, and like, it's shot like... 
an HGTV show. It's not shot like the original Isle of Money. It's shot like, I don't know. It just wasn't good. I, I don't, I don't want to say public access necessarily, but it was just like kind of bright-ish. So, so I don't know. So many handy cams strapped to a tripod, and that's all we God. got. Yeah, it might have been. I would not I would not doubt that. It's Again, it's just, it's just a bummer, you know? It's a bummer that that existed. It's a bummer that I watched it. Uh, you know, I'm, and I'm got, ruining the show. I feel so no, bad. No, you didn't ruin the show. Nothing can taint Rodeo. Nothing can taint Rodeo, okay? Or Mr. Boston, or Megan, or Brandy C, and those yabos. Hello, you know? Yeah. They weren't twins necessarily, but, you know, in my mind, I like to believe they were related by blood and had the same parents. That's the only way I can... Uh, that, I can, join you us know, next time when we fantasy. do twinning then you'll have to be twinning because then you'll get your twins yeah. twins yes twins no okay oh, jesus christ jesus christ oh man no so it's, it's a bummer it's a somber it's a somber tone but that's what i that's what happens sometimes i mean I don't want to justify like the people who like are like super against Disney Star Wars, but like maybe this is how they feel. Maybe this is how they feel watching Star Wars now. It's like it's not the same. Like so this, me watching, so you have become the Jack Allison. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, I'm the Jack Allison. I'm like, you know what? I don't count Isle of Money four as being part of the Isle of Money universe. I do not count it. I don't. Yeah, I saying, understand Kate. somebody from I Love New York was on there, but I do not count it. There was season one, season. Okay, that's a bad Jack. Allison. That, I, that was, sorry, not, that Jack. was actually not that bad of a Jack Allison. <laughs> I had it for a second there, but it was a lot. But yeah, no, J- Jack's a great man. I can't wait to listen to his episode on here. Yeah, uh, you you are on the recording right after Jack Allison's episode. You are. That's, it's a tough act to follow, man. He's doing a comedy Kate, class. Like you have and the Kate, I'm sandwiched here. I'm sandwiched in there. I can make I can make a real provocative joke, but I'm not Uncle Howard, so I'm not going to do it. Uncle Howard's going to have to come on here if he wants to make. I'm going to force him. I swear to God, I'm going to force him. I'm I'm tired of his shit. Not he's going to be on here. He's going to figure out how to use a computer and a, and a mic and the microphone that he has. Like he's going to figure it out. I swear to God, that's my promise to you, Jordan. And that then, is my and, promise. And then hopefully together we can both get Bugmane on our respective shows. Jesus, that would be nice. That would be nice. Uh, first, you, you know, definitely has to be your show first because yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to take cloud here or anything like that. You know, I, I have to give him put- because you are uh, Bug City. You live Bug right. Skill oh, Scout, yeah. Putty Sauce, all that. Yes, yes. Me, I only uh, need him know. just to heighten up the fact that if he's on our show, then it's a real niche podcast. Like your your show is not, <laughs> is not real unless Bugmain shows up and just somehow gives you a big mac which i've heard he does <laughs> he might do that you know bug treated me to hooters when he was in town this oh, is man. a shoot by the way he treated me to hooters which is really nice of him and uh so like I, I don't know if i can cash in a favor yet but you know he will eventually be on pillow talk or not i mean he'll eventually be on for sure those daytona wings are worth it <laughs> i got the mild actually oh, i got wow. the mild yeah yeah we but Hell of a time. I love going to Hooters with the bug, man. And we uh, we always get some frozen daiquiris as well. You know, good times. You know what? That's, I need to load them up with a frozen daiquiri and then ask them to be on Pillow Talk. I think that's, that's how you do it. That's in. a secret. Or just yell at him at BugCon. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that seems like it would go very well for me. <laughs> Every, yeah. Everyone's here for the bug and suddenly you're just like, could you go on my podcast? 
Yeah, get the yeah. You know what? That'd be oh, that's such a dick move, though. That would like, be what hey, I would do. I'd be hey, like, hey, hey, the fans on. want it. The fans want it. Do you guys want him on my show? And then he's just like forced. He's like, oh, you son of a bitch. Who is this it. guy? He's like, he's <laughs> pointing at Weiger. What? <laughs> <Joke>. <laughs> yeah, he might be doing a Weiger point at that point. Like, do I know him? Do I know Franklin the Resonator? I don't think I know him. But no. Um, that being said, also Weiger, please come on my podcast. Yeah, too. that's a huge get if you can get a Weiger or something like that. You know, you you're not, you know, you, you might have to offer I, some I just, moolah. I just want my own earwolf hate mail. That's all I want. <laughs> that's all I'm I can never, for. I can never redirect it. I am way too sensitive. I hope. I mean, I hope this starts blowing up. I love the idea of a game show podcast. You know what it reminds me of? Uh, a throwaway line from Parks and Rec, where yes. uh, the character Donna says, "I'm listening to." Jaleel or No Deal, a podcast where Jaleel White from Family Matters um, reviews episodes of Deal or No Deal, and I think, I, wow, I'm I'm the, I'm the Jaleel White. I'm the Sonic the Hedgehog voice. You're Sonic the Hedgehog. That's right. He hosted God. a game show, Sonic? by the way. He hosted Total Blackout on Sci-Fi. Nice, what? good for you, Jaleel. Yeah. So it was a show where it was basically everyone was in pitch black and they had to do certain things. And one of them was guest descent, and it was like, here's a plexiglass wall in a certain circle, and you're just like, okay, the one is like flowers, the second's like right. pudding, then there's just some dude's butt, like of course, out, pants down. God. Good God, Jaleel, he was getting super annoyed. Uh, I don't know if you remember the show on E called Terradice. It was just like Tara Reid going to different cities and partying yes. and whatever, and like talk, talking nightlife. She kept calling him Urkel throughout the show. Oh, he, I would hate that too. God, but like he does a pretty good job of like embracing it as well as somebody could. Uh, obviously, he's still gonna hate it, He'd but be like, like he please call good... me Stefan Urkel. That was the much better character. <laughs> at, least, at least, at least the Bruce Lee one or something. Yeah. Man, come on, come on, man. Can you sign my Urkelos for me? Jesus Christ, <laughs> that would be a hell of a signing, though. Get his uh, get Dolittle's signature. That's a big one right there. Angry That's up there with the uh, Trade Federation signatures I've been finding on Electronic Bay. Hey, hey, hey. The new Gunray. I want that new Gunray signature someday. Right. Someday. Sunday. 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 Yeah. So, uh, Franklin, right. before, before you go, we have one final game to play. This is a game show podcast. Okay. It wouldn't be without a lightning round. All right. Shoot. You have Let's 60 seconds. I have five questions. For everyone you get right, you get one free plug. Get all, all the right. Money. Oh, my God. That is oh five free plugs. Oh Most podcasts only give you two. Five. Yeah, that's true. No, no, I understand the severity here. Let's All do right. this. I'm pumped. You, you're up for it. I'm up for it. I'm good. Let's do it now. Sixty seconds I'm... on the clock, please. Here we go. Your most recent purchase. My most recent purchase. Um, my most recent purchase was a Red Bull and a Lenny and Larry's protein cookie. Oh, what flavor? I mean, that's. that's... Uh, it was uh. Blue packaging. I forget, macadamia. Macadamia. Okay. Uh, fill in the blank. Pillow blank. <laughs> pillow talk. Good. <laughs> uh, favorite. I love money contestant. Ooh, Mr. Boston. Favorite character from Austin Powers. Doctor Evil. You done it. <laughs> yeah. Success. You did it. Five Boston, free plugs. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, geez, Louise, these were tough questions. These were toughies. I, I was legitimately. You, 
Uh, yeah, no, that was, I definitely bought a Red Bull and a protein cookie. That was the last thing I purchased. I have the bank statements to prove it. So I believe uh, you. I mean, I get the Snicker okay. deal myself. So, okay. Okay. Yeah. They have a lot of options. They have a lot of options. I'm glad my gas station has stepped it up, but you guys can find me at Buck. Get, get all your pen and paper. You know, I'll take a moment, pen, paper, so you can write down all my plugs. You can find me on Twitter at Bug TV Franklin. You can listen to my podcast, Pillow Talk, with Uncle Franklin and Uncle Howard. We're on iTunes, SoundCloud, all that nonsense. Uh, you can follow, I'm not associated with them, but follow the Blue Ribbon uh, podcast. They got some interesting stuff. And follow at Special Episode 1. Uh, it's the uh, Phantom special, Menace. Special. Special, special. I forgot the actual handle, so whatever. But you know, the collection of episode but, one. Yeah, I think what's the? I think it's a special episode one is the handle for that one. I don't know. Follow it or don't. But listen to the podcast. And Jordan, thank you so much for having me, man. This was dope. I mean, I, I I'm glad I found out how horrible uh, season four was. I don't have any regrets. It was it was you know it was, it was rough, but it's reality. You know, reality can be rough sometimes. Well, it was no problem having you on, Franklin. We'll, you'll definitely be invited back the next time we ever need to talk about, I don't know, twinning or... Twins, yeah. Uh, All right. Or, or uh, Manhunt with John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm down for all of that. Yeah, well, not a big Cena guy, but yeah. I mean, oh, I oh no, John. I'll explain that in like probably a few minutes when we stop recording. It's so Okay, bad. all right. Or, no, or, yeah. or Battle Dome with Terry Crews or... yeah. Or Hogan's oh. American Gladiators. Thank you for Jesus stopping Christ. by, frankly. No, it's been a pleasure. It's been an absolute pleasure, Jordan. Thank you for having me. Other facts I forgot to bring up. Uh, Chris Abrego was also one of the executive producers and creators of... I love money. And he got his start working on the real world and road rules, which makes sense for why me and Franklin compared it to the real world road rules challenge in the beginning. In addition to that, Mark Cronin would later go on to make one of my favorite modern game shows, Idiot Test, on the Game Show Network uh, under the Little Wooden Boat Productions label. As the show is owned by Endemol, they will have the final say of if the show should ever be revived. Because it is Endemol Shine, they do have a lot of dating programs already on the air so it makes sense for them to actually bring probably bring it back under the isle of money label and just have it be outside of the uh celeb reality world of reality competitions so that is uh the finale pretty much franklin is a great guest i enjoy talking to him uh he definitely knew his stuff he definitely deep dive more than i could about i love money and i will love to have him back uh, to, to talk about any more game shows that could fit into this wheelhouse. Uh, I had a lot of fun with that. Uh, now we have to take a, a little detour here and enter the 110-part series exploring every pricing game on The Price is Right. This is the Pricing Game Spotlight. <laughs> Today, we are talking about the range game. Premiere date, April 3rd, 1973. Tape number 0312D. 
Premier Day in the Carrier is October 17th, 2007, number 4043K. I, I, it doesn't, I don't say this counts. I don't think even the finality of the Barker era counts. Because that's just like facts about the Barker. Of the, sh- the game is still going on, all right? The, the range game is still playing. It's not canceled. It's not deleted. Anyway, the range game is a pricing game that has tension, and it's where the contestant has a cool hand and good pricing knowledge to attempt to win a big prize. The contestant's so- shown a scale representing a range of $600. The price of the prize is somewhere within this range. On this scale is a red window that spans $150 of the range. That is dubbed the range finder. Starting from the bottom, the range finder moves up the scale slowly. The contestant must press a button to stop the rangefinder when they believe the price of the prize is within that red window. If they are correct, they win the prize. The mostly played for trips or furniture, usually once in a season, at minimum, the range game, the range game is played for a car. When the game debuted, range game used a $50 rangefinder. The range quickly increased to $100 on May 8th, 1973, and just as quickly to the current $150 on June 8th, 1973. For its first playing only, number 035N, the 1970 syndicated version used a rangefinder with a $200 spread. On September 8th, 1975, aired out of order on September 11th, the title was added. On December 29th, 1976, the green board was debuted. On June 3rd, 1985, the original button, which had the word stop on it in white lettering, has been replaced with its current one, and the second rangefinder holder has been introduced. This is known to have incurred at some point after those stripes were changed. As a running gag, host Bob Barker told the contestant to be sure when they stopped the rangefinder as once it had been stopped, it could not be restarted for 37 hours. On the primetime specials, it could not be restarted for 48 hours. The joke originally used other absurd numbers as well. On October 17th, 2007, number 4043K aired out of order on November 13th. Drew Carey's first playing of the game. He attempted to do a joke, but in his own words screwed it up and he has not used it since however drew found his own gag by allowing the man who turns the crank behind the prop to come out and say hello to the contestant and audience on october 10th 1991 as contestant audrey pressed the button to stop it the rangefinder kept going up at first and then it went down and bounced to 2800 at the top bob said i have the solution for this and asked to light up the price she managed to win the game as the price was 2744 Bob then told the audience, if the price had been up here where she had stopped it, I was going to, with brute force, move that dude up there, and you were still going to win that bed. On the Doug Davidson syndicated version of Price, Range Game's format was used to bid on the showcase, although Doug never acknowledged it as Range Game. A completely new prop was constructed for the round. A replica of the Range Game board was used for the pilot and the contestants selected at random a length for the rangefinder. The lengths came in increments of $1,000 and fell between $4,000 and $10,000. The showcase's board covered a $60,000 range between $10,000 and $70,000. On January 6, 1995, the rangefinder moved three times its normal speed, and the contestant William pressed the button to stop it. The rangefinder kept going for $20 before it actually stopped. On October 15th, 1996, contestant Lewis R. Diamond stopped the range less than $1 too late. When the price lit up, Bob and the audience were in shock moments before the buzzer sounded. He looked closely at the price, and he was so close, he declared a win. 
on the Million Dollar Spectacular on March 14, 2008. Air.org, February 29th. The range game is chosen as the Million Dollar Game. After the rangefinder is stopped, the contestant must guess in the rangefinder the exact price to win $1 million. Contestant Gina Reyes lost. On November 19, 2014, aired out of order, originally scheduled to air on November 12th, a wheelchair-bound contestant, Trayvon Lewis, played this game for a car and won. On October 27, 2016, for Big Money Week, in addition to the $150 range, a smaller $50 range was placed in the middle of the rangefinder. And if the contestant got the price within that $50 range, they'd get a $10,000 bonus in addition to the prize, which was a trip to Greece. Unfortunately, contestant Brittany Miller missed the price entirely. The most number of times this game was played in any season was 75. All right, now that I got that out of the way, um, I guess I can just quickly go into some sort of things. Uh, the most iconic thing about range game, if you've never seen it, is it basically looks like a giant ruler, and then there's a little red slate and just keeps going up very, very slowly. So the idea is supposed to be as it goes up, the audience just keeps clapping, and then when it's time to stop, everyone starts shouting at the contestant to stop, stop, stop. Another iconic thing that I love about range game is actually its intense music. And I'm going to pull a sample from the range game itself so you guys can know just how tense the range game could be. Okay, stop. Okay, stop. Okay, stop. 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 Okay, thank you. All right, that's the range game. Now, I did bring up the Doug Davidson uh, syndicated version. I don't think it was considered really a syndicated version. It was on NBC. It was like a primetime thing called The New Price is Right, which is weird because the modern Price is Right was The New Price is Right because of the Bill Cullen edition. Oh, well, I'm getting ahead of myself. So the uh, way that they selected the rangefinder... Uh, was never really addressed on the show. They kind of just spur the moment, tell you it's 4,000, 5,000, 7,000, whatever. Um, and then they would play the music. It's something different. And then they would pull a lever and push a button, and that would determine if they won the showcase or not because it was a half-hour show, and they wanted to have just the big wheel to determine who makes it. Originally, it was called The Price Was Right um, for The New Price Is Right with Doug Davidson. Uh, so, so I have to bring that up right now because... The range game was actually going to be a core element to a future edition of The Price is Right. On other versions of The Price is Right, when it's a half hour and there's a showcase of a single player, uh, it typically is just like a regular-ass showcase round where you just say the name of the, the actual retail price of everything together. And if you're within the range that you've selected through like a Press Your Luck-style buzzer, you would win it. At least that's the case in the United Kingdom. In the United States, we decide, let's do range game instead, because let's shout at people, I, I guess. I don't... Make sense to me? Maybe? I don't know. Um, but what I like most about the range game is uh, the fact that it's very versatile with the prizes. It's only one prize. And it's just such a tedious little inch ruler going like $100 a second. So everyone's just going, oh man, is this the time? Oh god, just stop, just stop, just stop, just stop. And and the thing is, the producers, sometimes they put it right at the beginning, sometimes they put it right at the end. They they want to make sure like there is some r area of randomness to it. It's never really somewhere in the middle. 
as the case may be, uh, which I personally enjoy with the range game. As for what I would do with the range game, I'd probably just change the color a bit, make it more bright, make it have a, like a more light complex. Uh, other than that, like it's good because I think it needs to have that just that clear screen, so you know what the range is, and the little inch ruler where every like centimeter or even like a millimeter is a dollar would be suffice for this game. Uh, the range game is still played to this day. It's one that a lot of people typically forget about because just kind of there on center stage played sometimes. Um, but I, I do personally enjoy the range game for the way it could just be a single prize game. And instead of just pushing and like saying the number, it really is just like a, we're going to keep growing. We're going to keep growing. You have to stop almost like a game of chicken, but with the prize for the game. And there's already tension built into the game because it's when is the time to push the button to stop the clock. So it's in the range. That's what makes the range game a fun pricing game and one that i do celebrate here on the pricing game spotlight next time on pricing game spotlight we'll be taking a look at high low but before i get going uh i have to do one quick review it's jordan's international corner i recently saw a game show in the united kingdom called small fortune it was hosted by one dermot o'leary you probably don't know that if you're in america but dermot o'leary uh, he did the X Factor, among other things. Uh, it's a game show where there's a team of three contestants, and they have to do different games of skill uh, to win money. The catch is all of the games, because it's called Small Fortune, are done on miniature sets. So something that looks like a little model kit that you would see at a home development thing, or when you see some sort of like in-construction format that will be at a CES Expo, those little small miniatures. Those are the games uh, where they get played. So, for instance, there is an arch, and it, it, the London Arch, and you have a marble, and you have to blow the marble so it goes through the arch. If it hits the like pillar or hits the fence, you lose. If it goes through the arch, you win the money. You start out at fifty. No, you start at one hundred thousand. No, no, it's is uh, fifty thousand. You start at fifty thousand pounds, and you get one free play at it. And if you and it's basically just practice. But for every practice thereafter, if you just want to get better at it, you want to practice to make sure you don't screw it up, it's going to cost you 5,000 pounds, which means it's now worth 90, It's now worth 45,000, 40,000, 35,000, 30,000, 25,000. And if you miss, oh well. If you make it, okay, it doesn't matter. It's only until you push a button that the lights start dimming, it gets more dramatic, and this weird British voice is... I guess because it's silly and wacky has to because, you know, it's miniatures and it's silly because it's big and small at the same time. Is this guy going, oh, you have to make it go through, blah, 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 pip, pip, for 35,000 pounds. And if they make it, uh, their 35,000 is added to their bank. And if they, uh, they fail, uh, they are eliminated from the game. If they can get through three games before losing all three members, they get to play for their bank in the final game. In the final game, one of the remaining contestants who have not been eliminated gets to play basically a wire game. If they can successfully go through the wire, they win the bank. 
If they fail, they lose everything because it's the United Kingdom and they don't want to hand out the entire big money all at once. In addition to that, to save more money, they have the same rule of practice, but this time it is at 10% of the score. So in other words, if someone, say, had 120000 in their bank, it's now worth £12,000 per practice. So now you're not playing for 120 you're playing for 108 Now you're playing for for 96 and it keeps going down from there i think small fortune is an okay game it's pretty silly the challenges are clever the miniatures look phenomenal a lot of 3d printing going on there and dermalary is a good host however i i think it has a tone shift of it doesn't know if it wants to be a a real big money serious game show or just a light-hearted fun show because the contestants are wacky and fun and they're having a good time but the show wants to be serious at times and a show that really isn't taking itself that seriously even though they're playing for big money so if it was me i would just uh simplify it make the games worth ten thousand pounds each and you lose a thousand per practice and and that would be it uh just beat three games or or better beat five games and you win, and if you fail, you still lose the 10000 But you have to go through all five games if you want to win any of the money. And that way, if you have to go through at least one game with no money, maybe. Maybe you just want to get through the fifth game just so you can get some money at the end. So you're going to practice all 10 times and lose all £1,000 per time. Instead of this big money thing that's been going on for, for the entirety of the show. I get it. They want to throw big money at it because they assume if you throw big money at it, it works. It works here, but it it not necessarily fits, I believe, in the United Kingdom with this kind of show. I think this is the most American game show to ever exist in the United Kingdom, and all it does, it just reminds me of The Cube, which is a much better game show than this. However, I think Small Fortune is fun, and if you can find an episode of it, do give it a watch. Uh, just to see the cleverness of these challenges and the way the format is played. And just assume uh, the game is more brighter, colorful, and played for smaller money. And I believe this would have been a much bigger hit as a stripped-down show, for instance, in syndication, or like a Monday through Friday, like a tipping point. Uh, other than that, it's okay, I guess. Um, that That's small fortune. It's on, I believe, ITV, which is why they can throw away the big bucks on this. Um, that's going to do it for us here on Game Shows, I suppose. See you next Wednesday for a brand new game show we're talking about. Until then, big smooch! Mwah!